Welcome to the BizTimes MKE Podcast, another episode of Weekly Debrief. I'm Arthur Thomas, Managing Editor at BizTimes Media, and I'm joined on this week's episode, as always, by BizTimes Editor Andrew Wyland. Andrew, how's it going? Good. I think fall is officially here, if there was any doubt. If there was any doubt, you got that little bit of chill going, and uh, I think our publisher and, and owner, uh, Dan Meyer, is up uh, taking a dock out up north this weekend, so um, it's it's that time of year in Wisconsin. <laughs> Poor Dan. Poor Dan. Uh, he said cold. he was taking his waiters with him. That's, so. that's, that's the, the job you have to do to enjoy the summer Certainly, up there, I yeah. guess. Well, last week on the podcast, we talked about your uh, about some Muskego High School football, and and um, you're you're doing the the first down marker for Chain football. Game. How, yes. how did that all go for you? Oh man, I mean it's it's so fun to be that close. You know, I, I, I yes, I was the guy holding the first down marker for the Muskego Arrowhead game, the Muskego Homecoming game. It was an exciting game. The Muskego won. I think it was 23 21 is a very good game well played by two good teams and uh, it's just really fun to be that close to the action you're right on the sideline you're right on the line of scrimmage you're in the middle of the the visiting team sideline you're right by the coaches and the players and hearing what they're all saying to each other and just close to the action you know if if you like football at all um it's kind of intoxicating quite honestly so it's it's really fun i bet well, let's uh, let's dive in. Uh, we start our episodes each week with the Insider Story Spotlight. This is a chance for us to highlight some of the stories that are available only to BizTimes insiders over the last week. Uh, if you are already an insider, thank you very much. We really do appreciate that. It helps support our work, makes what we do possible. Uh, if you're not an insider, please consider it. The equivalent of $9 a month will get you access to all the stories on our site, discounted admission to some of our events and other benefits. So lots of value there. Andrew, what is your insider spotlight story this week? Had a couple of big real estate deals and I'll highlight one uh, report on Friday that uh, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel's former printing plant building in West Milwaukee uh, has been sold to newspaper conglomerate Alden Global Capital. For $26 million, so a really substantial sale um, of this facility. It's a 475,000 square foot facility. You know, of course, the Milwaukee Journal and the Milwaukee Sentinel and the, and the Journal Sentinel um, originally were printed, you know, downtown Milwaukee at, you know, the, the Journal building. And then this facility was built, you know, a modern facility. And but earlier this year, um, after for many years it being printed in West Milwaukee, um, Gannett, which owns the Journal Sentinel, has for some time now, you know, announced that they were going to shut down the uh, the West Milwaukee facility, um, which I believe was online first online in two thousand three, um, and that they're going to print the Journal Sentinel and connect other Wisconsin papers in Peoria, Illinois. Um, so the Journal Sentinel is printed in Illinois now, trucked up here, and now this facility has been sold um, for a hefty sum. 
well, if I'm not mistaken, I think they were starting to print the Chicago Tribune um, from that facility. Um, so it was this oh, interesting yes. little switch of, of the Milwaukee papers printed in Illinois, the Chicago's papers printed in Wisconsin. You know, next thing you know, the Packers are going to play home games at Soldier Field. Um, <laughs> but, and then Alden, I believe, owns uh, the Tribune. So it makes uh, all kind of fits okay. together there. But uh, certainly interesting times, uh, newspaper industry and, and our industry too, in terms of print isn't what it once was, but uh, certainly still has some life to it. Yeah, I mean, certainly print media has seen so much change. I mean, really, the internet set in motion a lot of these changes, and and they clearly continue. Um, well, my story, you know, Insider Spotlight's read this week, is one on an acquisition um, made by uh, two former leaders at Cudahy-based uh, metal fabrication company, Lucas Milhaupt. So these two Former execs um, decided to go out on their own and, and they were going to buy a company. They ended up buying this other Cudahy, um metal fabrication business, CR Industries. Um, actually, it's a trio of investors that bought it. Uh, Rich Ballinger, Eric Thompson, and Steve Atkins um, ended up buying this. Uh, the interesting were there's a number of interesting elements to this, but one of the interesting elements is that... Um, uh, Rich Ballinger um, was kind of looking through his network um, to, he was, you know, knew he was in the market to buy a company, looking through his network, trying to find someone that uh, might be interested in selling. Um, part of his search brought him to our M&A forum that we held back in March. Um, and it was at that event, he le- met some leaders from Old National Bank who um, helped him, I think, kind of find the the potential company to buy and, and end up ultimately closing the deal. Um, so uh, we, we play, I guess, a little bit of a role in this story, um, but uh, certainly um, an interesting element to it. Come to the MA forum. It's a great opportunity to meet people, learn about uh, the MA marketplace and, and best practices and, who knows? You might meet people that uh, create a an opportunity for you to buy or sell your business. So there you go. Mm-hmm. I mean, we obviously would love to uh, create news and, and break news at our events, and, and that's something that happens. But also, we want our events to be a place where people walk away uh, a little bit smarter, a little bit more connected in the business community, and things like that. And uh, as I mentioned at the top. Um, being an insider gets you a discounted admission. So something to think about. Uh, we'll switch gears to our big story of the week. And it is one, um, the continuing, ongoing, never ending, um, insert your description of the challenges here, saga of Northridge Mall, uh, which the city um, has been trying to demolish over the past few years and has run into legal challenges from the building's owner. Um, over the last few months, there have been a number of uh, fires um, set at the mall. People, the, this building security is pretty lax. Um, and so it's kind of raised the stakes, the safety issue surrounding it. There was a uh, Pretty forceful statements from the fire chief about sending people in 
um, to put these fires out. Um, it's a whole saga. Um, so this week, um, a Milwaukee County judge um, lifted the injunction against um, the city's raise order for Northridge Mall, essentially saying the building owner, um, U.S. Black Spruce, which is a Chinese um, entity that owns it, um, essentially saying they have to demolish the building. Um, and they are also subject to uh, quite a hefty, well, about 100000 92000 in fines um, for um, and some contempt, some contempt orders um, placed on it in August. So a lot of pieces. The I guess the the news of the week is that there might actually be some traction that Northridge will finally, after having closed in what two thousand three, yes. will finally could see uh, it, it torn down. Um, Maybe, but like you said, we were talking before and nothing about Northridge seems to be certain ever. Yeah, well, let's let's hope so, because it's just it's been a huge problem for that corner of town to have that massive property and nothing going on. And and it's really become problematic with um, you get these urban spelunkers who want to go in there and explore and. I don't know, shoot videos that they put on social media. I mean, there, several fires have been started there. I mean, you, you've had earlier this year, you had the fire, Milwaukee fire chief just absolutely irate that mm-hmm. his crews are going in there, fighting fires, taking risks in this very unstable building to put out these fires, all because this this company from China that owns the property won't take care of it, won't secure it. And uh, it's like, you know, open season by uh, for vandals. So it would really be in the best interest of the city of Milwaukee to see this property torn down and hopefully new development come there. Um, you know, Black Spruce, as you said, they just, they've hung on to this property for so long. And every time it seems like it's close to being taken away from them, whether it's they didn't pay their taxes or they didn't pay their electric bill or what have you, they swoop in at the last second and, and do whatever is necessary to hang on to this property. And, and they keep insisting that, that their plan is to create some kind of um, like marketplace for, for Chinese goods to be, to be sold there. But, you know, they've never done anything that shows they're they're making any progress on on putting this property to actual productive use. So it's just it's bizarre, honestly. Why do they even care about it? Why don't they just let it go? I mean, its, it's value is so low now, um, but they've clung to it. So hopefully, with this move by the the court, um, this is fi- hopefully this is the, the the step that finally gets this done, and either. The company finally tears it down, or the city takes control of the property and the city tears it down. Uh, let's hope. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to wait and see. You know, if it if it really does, you know, there's always specter of appeals and various. Oh, yeah. um, you know, the legal system moves slowly and, and often much slower than 
you know, we many people would want, but it it does so for a reason a lot of ways, um, because there's you know process and procedure and and rights to be followed and you know adhered to and and all the things. Um, there is a system. So I think one of the interesting things to consider here is, okay, if the building were to be torn down, well, what does that mean? Does that mean the city takes ownership of it? Does that mean um, Black Spruce, um, you know, knocks it down, but they still own the property? Um, you know, I think on the one hand, you want to think that, okay, great, the, the building's going to be torn down and we're going to see new development up there and it's going to be um, great for, for Brown Deer Road. Um, there's no guarantee of that. You know, if, if Black Spruce holds on to the ownership of the property, Okay, the building's gone. The safety concerns are addressed in a lot of ways, but can't necessarily force them to to do some kind of new development on it if they still own the property. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no reason, honestly, to have any faith in Black Spruce doing anything productive up there. So it would be the the best outcome would be for the city of Milwaukee to gain control and, and and possession of this property from them and then have the city tear it down and then the city can you know make the property available um to the marketplace to have you know developers come in and, and and bid for it and buy it and hopefully redevelop it i mean counting on black spruce to to do a development there themselves it just doesn't mm-hmm. i have i have no reason to have any faith in them i mean yeah. if they would great i mean if they want to tear it down and do a development wonderful go for it it is your property but for years they've shown they haven't shown any reason for us to believe that they would so i sure hope the city is able to take it away from them yeah i mean they bought it in what 2008 and they spent 6 million dollars on it um, but even, you know, even if this city takes ownership of it, I mean, look no further than the Century City Project, um, that millions of dollars of city investment to prepare a property for development doesn't necessarily equate to traction and new development. Um, now, different sites, different locations, different proximity to transportation, you know, kind of um, arteries, things like that. But still. There's no guarantee that even if the city takes care of it, takes ownership of it, that uh, that leads to new development there. Yeah, a- a- absolutely. Um, yeah, certainly it is not a hot spot for development. So I think having the city take control and tear down the property would be the best case scenario. But oh yeah, it's it it would it would likely require patience to see development occur there. I mean. The logical plan seems to be some kind of industrial development. I mean, I think retail at that location appears to be dead. Um, we're not going to see another mall. I don't even think we're going to see big box or something. I, I think that day has passed for that for that area. And you know, I'm sure you know when the city, you know, the challenge is when the city gets involved in these things. You know, they want to see jobs. They want to see high paying jobs. They don't just want to see a warehouse. Um, and that can require, you know, it takes longer. And at, at times the city is 
too picky, quite honestly. We, we've seen, I mean, there are stories people still talk about. Um, I, I still hear people talk about buy seasons in the Menominee Valley, um, which is many years ago, uh, a deal that the city basically turned down. Um, and it was a lot of jobs, but it wasn't very high paying jobs or a lot of those jobs were seasonal. Um, that development ended up in New Berlin. So the city will be picky, but it will be hard to get development there, but it would be obviously a good thing to get, you know, some kind of manufacturing, well-paying jobs there. As you point out, comparing it to Century City, you know, it's probably a better location, you know, Brown Deer Road to the interstate, you know, getting to the interstate is really key for manufacturers. So it seems better located in, in that regard and, and, and could help it attract, um, could help it attract some kind of development and, and manufacturers, industrial space users. Um, but it's definitely not a hot spot, far from it. So it's it's going to take some it's going to take some work. It's going to take some time. But if the city could take control and demolish it, that would at least be a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think if there's any um, thing to be encouraged about, um, just reading some of the the comments, the quotes from uh, Judge William Sosne um, that Cara Spoto had in her story on this this week, um, they were, you know, the comments he had were, were pretty emphatic and, you know, that, um, you know, I just in, in reference to the fines that, that Black Spruce is, has ra- racked up, you know, I expected those fines will be paid. This court will not allow that this to go on indefinitely. This court is very concerned with the safety hazard that exists, but the citizenry of the community, but for the citizenry of the community, uh, but certainly for first responders as well, um, you know, they want, he's wanting to know about, um, kind of their financial status. Um, you know, <laughs> I said it before, you're dealing with the wrong judge here. I'm not trying to be unreasonable. Uh, the contempt order was issued on August 15th. It's been ignored. This court will not accept that. Um, so, you know, encouraging to hear language that the judge is, you know, not gonna try and, um, kind of let, let nothing happen here. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, you know, judges are elected of officials <laughs> and, um, you know, so on behalf of, you know, the citizens of Milwaukee County, he's looking at this saying, this is dragged down for years and, you know, he's not going to put up with any nonsense. And that's, I think he sees the urgency of the situation. And like you say, he's trying to be reasonable and follow the law. But, you know, this is a ridiculous situation. I mean, when you get right down to it, it's a ridiculous situation. And it really needs to be resolved. And it's it's good to see that the judge has a sense of, sense of urgency to to get it done. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we will uh, continue to follow the case uh, as it works its way through the court system and um, continue to report on what, if any, new developments may happen up at the Northridge site. So uh, until then, um, we'll see you next week on the BizTimes MK podcast and the weekly debrief. Andrew, thanks for joining me as always. You bet. 
This is Dan Meyer with BizTimes Media. You've been listening to the BizTimes MKE podcast. For more business news and insights, be sure to go to biztimes.com and subscribe to any of our daily e-newsletters and our magazine, BizTimes Milwaukee.